Welcome back, my beautiful people. Dong City, June 2nd, episode number 62, the Jabba Chamberlain edition. It's also Lou Gehrig Day, and uh, for those of you who don't know, today was the day, I don't know how many years ago, that Lou Gehrig started his streak of 2,130 consecutive games played, only to be broken by Cal Ripken decades later. So today is Lou Gehrig's Day, ALS. And, uh, many people who suffer from ALS, it is now uh, Lou Gehrig's disease. So welcome back to Dong City. New time, new day. Everything is good. What's going on, Vince? Oh, hanging in there. I'm still in my terrorist hideout slash gym uh, with no decoration and gym equipment in the background. But here I am. We're excited for... Uh... Terrorist hideout is a good thing to say right after Memorial Day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, you know, here I am and, and we're in here on a Wednesday, 8 p.m. Going to see how this works. Um, nothing real complicated behind that for anyone wondering. We just, uh, we think that maybe this will be able to appeal to more people because I know no. that we have a pretty big West Coast contingent. We got a lot of West Coast folks asking uh, about the time change, asking if we could uh, do things a little later for them. So, you know, we're here to accommodate and, and hopefully... Uh, you guys get to tune in and, you know, like I told Vince beforehand, I, uh, you know, I have the Knicks on the TV. I got the Yankees on the iPad and I got Vince on my monitor. I mean, I can't get any better than this for me. No, hey, yeah, you're in your command center over there. I have the Knicks as well, trying to work on other stuff as I delete a Madden game out of baseball life as we speak. But, uh, <laughs> let's let's get into it here multitasking as usual um, as we're podcasting you gotta love it yeah well you know i'm going to try and try and find the stream get into live comments and i see someone's playing madden on baseball life so yeah yeah okay. either i'm real quick or everyone's very very entertained by dong city right now so oh, speaking, anyway. speaking of entertaining you know it's the best it's uh pride month and you know we decided to to change the logo to a colorful MLB logo, you know, in support as we support inclusion. And boy, did, did uh, some folks get their panties in a bunch. Yeah, rinse and repeat, right? It's, uh, you know, this is what happens. What's crazy to me is like, obviously the people who flip out over something like that or make a big deal out of it, they didn't read like, I mean, you can at this point go, a week, not even a week back, and you'll see something political and you'll see the way it plays out every time. And obviously they don't see that. And this is just what happens. Uh, it's, you know, it, it's just, it's annoying because it takes away from what could be good conversations. Just people can't have civil discussions anymore. That's what we strive for here, civil discussions, right? We just want to talk baseball. Sometimes politics come into it, but you know, Henry, I know you and I, we can handle that conversation. It's, it, look, it's the natural course of things. Right now you have, you know, international playing games for the Olympics that is about baseball. I mean, it doesn't get any more combined with sports and politics than international baseball, right? So you have guys yeah. like Melky Cabrera playing for the Dominican team and Todd Frazier playing for Team USA. <laughs> I mean, come on. Politics and sports go hand in hand. I don't care what decade you're in. It's bizarre. So anyway, here we are. We, um, you know, Wednesday, a little different of a scope. We're not in the beginning of the baseball week. We're kind of right in the middle. And the nice thing about an 8 p.m. time slot is we've got 
games going on right now that, you know, we'll give updates on and, and talk about kind of in real time. But let's get to the the top of the top stories. And that is, you know, let's run through these injuries real quick. An- another week, first of all, no COVID problems, but another week of injury problems. A- and I can tell, I don't know if you feel this way just from playing fantasy baseball. It seems like injuries are up. <laughs> it's uh, did we not Did we not predict this? Yeah, no, I mean, it's exactly what we said, especially with pitchers, is they're not going to be able to get through a full season after having a truncated 2020. Um, you're seeing it now. I mean, at any given time, I've got like five guys hurt at the same time. That's just not how it normally works. But it's funny is you're getting guys with injuries that you wouldn't think would be injuries for them. You know, you have, uh, you know, center fielders getting, you know, arm injuries and, and all kinds of funky things uh, pitchers getting oblique injuries, you know, you have yeah. that you wouldn't expect it. That's how your pitch is injured. You're thinking his arm is going to be bad, his elbow, his shoulder, something like that, but it's his oblique. You know, Aaron Hicks, pick a body part, you know. Yeah, you got guys putting on their shirts too, too aggressively. Oh, getting who hurt. was that? Who was that? I forgot who was it. Shit, somebody tore, uh, broke a finger or tore a ligament in the finger putting on the shirt roughly. Yeah, I hit Rob, Rob. Let me know who that. I can't remember who that I was. I can't remember who that was. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, Melvin brings up the Cubs have eleven players on the IL. It started out. Oh, there's Noah. That's right, the Braves pitcher. Um, it started out with, you know, we we had that post from Joey about the Mets, and it was like the Mets had injuries. And at the time, like he had a valid point. The Mets had a lot of injuries, and it was to key players. Yeah. And later that week, like the Dodgers had as many injuries. The Cubs started having injuries. Everyone's boy boat went down. Uh, the Yankees now have their normal quota for injuries. And then it's like it's like every team now just seems to have 9, 10, 11 guys hurt at once. And, uh, and, and that's – it's crazy to see. But, I mean, the main ones right now, John Flaherty, the, the most recent, he goes down last night. Yeah, that, that hurt me so bad in fantasy. Yeah, uh, you're talking the way they're making it sound. Uh, oblique injuries are usually at least a month, and they're sound, making it sound like it's not a minor one. I'm thinking he's out probably like two months. Uh, you won't see him until August sometime, I'm thinking. Yeah, they said significant, so. Yeah, so. It's enough to get traded. That's devastating. It, I'm sure it's it's pleasure for Cubs fans. You know, you don't want to wish injury, but that's a major, major helpful aspect for what they're trying to do over there. And the Cardinals, it's devastating. You said something in our chat that I thought was absolutely hilarious. You want to repeat that? What? About the Cardinals getting even. Oh, yeah. I said now the Cardinals are somehow even more boring. Like, I didn't even think that was possible, but they lost one of, like, one and a half interesting players that they have. One of their, if not their most exciting players. (laughs) Yeah. That's not named Nolan Arenado, by the way. Yeah. Like, I like watching Flaherty pitch, and I can't say I like watching any of the Cardinals do anything. So, that's... I like to watch Nolan Arenado not be good. Let me rephrase that. I'm sorry. Not be great. Right. Because I've always maintained that he is good. He's just not. He, Guy he's, we think he's, he's a solid player in a superstar's body. He, he's above, above solid. He's a very, very good player. He's just not a superstar. Right. Uh, by the way, looking early on in these comments here, Brandy has nine fantasy teams. Did she say that? 
Yeah, I need more details on that, Brandy. How are these nine like redraft leagues, or do you have like four dynasties going on that you don't have to pay well, as much? I find out about her. She's so interesting. Like when she is active in the group, she's a very interesting person. I'm, I'm glad she's in our group. You know, yeah, she's got she she's a Pirates fan. I mean, that that in itself is a yeah. She was giving me shit in one of the Yankee threads, and then she you know she did the m and I'm gonna cut my legs off before you get a chance to. And you know she threw a pirate <laughs> jab in there, and I forgot she was a Pirates fan. So, okay. Uh, yeah. So I'm curious about that, Brandy. Nine fantasy teams. She, she does have nine. She does have nine. She says that is amazing. Um, I, in college, like when I had the most free time of my entire life, had five. And I, and even then, I was like, this is tough. Yeah, five was, I think, my max, two of them being daily leagues. And that's when I said I hate daily leagues. I just don't have the time to, to play daily leagues and shuffle, you know, what goes on in between. I can't do a daily league. I, the league we have with the group is a, a fan tracks league, and it's two periods per week. And that's a yeah. lot, you know, you have to set your lineup twice. I forgot once already, but daily, <laughs> I just, I, I, I would always forget. I actually really liked that about that league. Um, Cause I was in the life group leagues the first couple of years. Mm -hmm. And I like that, you know, you set your lineup and it's set, but now I have one 30 team and in, insane dynasty league. But the nice thing about a dynasty is you don't, when you're not competing like me and you're rebuilding, you don't have to pay attention to it every day. And then I've got just the one draft I've had since like 2008. Um, so yeah, that's it. But anyway, nine is and, uh, incredible. Acquire those young guys, you know, little by little. <laughs> yeah, it's a young man's game, man. Everyone has a fantasy prime. I don't think I'm in mine anymore, but I- uh, Yeah, I agree. Still competitive, that's all I ask. So, um, so you know, Flaherty goes down. We have um, a couple guys coming back from injury, which is also just as noteworthy. Luis Severino on the Yankees is beginning a rehab assignment finally. Uh, it's in June. He had his Tommy John, I think, early April or maybe even earlier than that, like late February, early March of last year. So you're looking at right around that magic 14-ish month mark. Um, mid 90s in a simulated game um, you know. yeah the, the velocity is there uh we saw that with with um obviously Degrom when he was rehabbing we saw it with Noah Syndergaard but he's taken the opposite route he has now had a setback and that that's never good I mean you're looking probably at another six weeks for Noah if it's not something serious because you want a guy like him who brings a lot of personality you want to see guys like him play. you want those guys on the field yeah, yeah, absolutely. Knowing that through. guy that you wondered, like, does he ever really get, does he ever touch his ceiling? You have to. And honestly, if Severino comes back with any sort of setbacks, it's going to be the same question with him. I, I mean, I'm one season I get, two seasons is unlucky. If you're out for like three years plus, at that point, it's a reclamation project. You're not, you know, Kluber was right up. If Kluber, well, he did get hurt now. But, you know, he's also like 34 years old. If you're in your mid to late 20s, you're getting hurt and you're out for two plus years. That's no longer like he ran into some bad luck. So, if it, you know, Syndergaard at this point, you're right. You have to wonder, what, can his body withstand being a major league pitcher with the velocity he throws? And I don't get the feeling this is totally going to be unfair because I don't know this for sure. I don't get the feeling he's a huge, like, take care of your body workout type guy just based solely on... What's that? Syndergaard? Yeah. Oh, I totally get those vibes from him. 
I, I solely based on that, that error with the Mets when he refused to go for an MRI, I just, he's maybe, maybe it's not the right term. Maybe he's not the sharpest tool in the shed to me. And I just don't know if, it, you know, you have to wonder at a certain point, is he going to be able to handle it? I see the guy and I think Giancarlo Stanton like stop lifting weights type shit. Yeah. No, he, he's Jack and he's huge. And I, I think yeah. he, I think Syndergaard takes his body serious. That dude is, his nickname is Thor, and he's pretty damn close to being well, built like it. He's a physical specimen. There's no, that's a different story to me. Uh, yeah, Carlos Wheeler is, Wheeler, like two years to me is a limit. If you miss one season and you miss the next season, you have to be healthy that next season. Uh, Aaron Judge, same thing. He played, you know, he got, he had minor injuries in 2018, but he was basically out 2019 and 2020 is kind of a truncated season. Um, if he's not healthy this year, though, you're now hurting parts of four different consecutive seasons. It's funny because that's, that's a different conversation. We said this before with him. This is his best season. And yeah, as much as he's been talked about during his best season, he's not being talked about. And I'm okay with that. I, I you know, right. This team as it is drives me fucking crazy. <laughs> of course, driving everyone crazy. I was at the same uh, yesterday and I, I'll, I'll repeat it. This, this is a very boring Yankees team. I'm at the stadium and it's like, I look up, there's six hits on the board through like six innings. The game is flying by. And if it wasn't for Clint Frazier, you know, just torching that ball and, and you know, in the 10th inning, it, that game was boring. And it's like watching paint dry with this team. Oh, with, with the ways the Rays strike out, I, I, cause no one, no one is criticizing the Rays in that regard. Uh, they were going to, obliterate the major league record for strikeouts at this pace. They are like the worst example of a strikeout team and no one's talking about it. Um, and then you've got like the Stanton's Judge Sanchez's of the world and everyone's harping on their every strikeout, you know uh, which what? is also fair, by the way. You know what? But that game could have gone 13, 14 innings, even with the carnival rules. Oh, that, like, they just, no one was putting the ball anywhere remotely useful in any situation last night. I tell you what, I I won't. I was sitting behind home plate. My tickets may not have necessarily been behind home plate. <laughs> <laughs> My tickets are like section one fifteen, and then during the relocation, they moved us to two thirty two A, which is right by the right field foul pole. Yeah. I may have made my way over, and it may have been open, and I may have sat like twenty rows behind home plate. Uh, Tyler Glass now spin on the ball was just absurd. I'm watching it live and I'm like, and you're watching guys just getting on top of this thing because they, they, there's nothing they could do. The ball was just spinning so much. And it's pretty cool to watch, you know, that close. And, you know, then of course I might have gotten escorted back to my seats, but that's another story for now. <laughs> I was going to say, there's no way that story ends with you just being able to sit there without being harassed by someone. Well, they do have like these reserved seats that are like behind the table. And no one was there, so the lady was like, oh, you want to chill there. So we were behind home plate, but, you know, further up, but I'm not complaining. Yeah. The time last year, there was no baseball. Melvin and Larry trying to trigger me in the comments with this uh, raised relocation suggestions is, is that is that is not the problem, boys. And the Rays are plenty competitive where they are uh, in a very competitive sports town right now. They're competitive. So. They just don't get the support. Right. Um so anyway, I, yeah, I mean, just watching that game part of the problem. Chris Sale, by the way, we haven't touched on the Red Sox, could definitely use him because I think that pitching, like we've said, is starting to come back to earth. 
Erod's been terrible since a five and zero start. He's got like a five eighty four ERA now. Martin Perez is not an answer. Evaldi's not going to last a season. What was Erod's ERA again? It was like five eighty four. Okay, this is where Petty Me comes out. There was a segment in uh, Total Bases with Felipe and Sean, and they were going through everyone's picks. I yeah. picked up Domingo Hormon with Erod sitting there, and I said. Domingo Herman will have a better season. They laughed and laughed and laughed. Who's laughing now, bitches? 564 and a 144 whip is where Erod's currently at. His last start, four and two thirds, six runs. And uh, in our league, in our league where they said Erod would be better, he was dropped today. <laughs> this is what concerns me long term for the Red Sox is that their best pitchers right now are Garrett Richards and Nate Evaldi. And they're not, we know, it's not my opinion, they are not going to pitch an entire season because they can't. They don't They don't have the innings in the arm to do it. So you're talking about a Chris Sale return, which could very well, you know, he's a freak. He can come back and be perfectly normal and be an ace that they need. But that rotation is just not there. And that offense, though still good, it's still, I think, the third or fourth best offense in the majors. It's coming back to earth a little bit. J.D. Martinez is hitting 380 and Bogarts is hitting 420. You know, those guys are coming back to earth, too. You know what it is, though? Even though they're coming back to earth, the, the team is still pulling out wins. Yeah, well, they're hitting. So we're. this is what we're learning this year, Henry, is that offense And they also say managers don't make a difference, and here's a clear-cut case where a manager does make a difference. Red Sox, Red Sox don't have quit. No one, no one's going to get on them for They did the last two years. They don't with Cora here. Cora is a good like, manager. I've always said that. Um I don't think you can find a 10-game stretch where they had an under 500 record this season. Yeah. Just... Uh, but I, I've got concerns. I think the Astros, as they have a habit of doing sometimes with their offense, are exploiting all of them. Uh, if you've watched this Red Sox-Astros series, the Astros are just bludgeoning that entire pitching staff right now. So, um, yeah. So, I mean, you know, that – I think the Red Sox pitching coming back to earth, but Chris Sale is, he's a little behind Severino. He's not, he's still throwing bullpens, but um, I imagine he'll be there probably by late July, uh, sometime after the All-Star break. I think Severino will probably be here around the All-Star break. And that's what you're looking at. So the AL East, some arms there. We had some other things happen. This affects not the AL, it affects the NL. Um, and this also broke baseball life. Baseball has been broken several times this past month three times this week yeah and that was javi baez who if you're a baseball fan and you watch javi baez uh in the field especially or on the bases you love him he, he absolutely loves playing baseball and you can see that every single time he's on the bases you can see that every time he, he fields a ball he makes those quick tags whatever you want to look at javi baez hitting uh, he's exciting when he's doing well. He obviously could frustrate some people like me. He does not have the on-base discipline I'd like to see out of a out of a star hitter. But nevertheless, exciting electric player. Every team usually has one guy like that. He's the that guy for the Cubs. Uh, breaks the breaks the internet with this play where I mean we've all seen it. Will Craig, the Pirates' first baseman, has the ball in his hands. There's two outs in the inning. There's a force at first. There's a runner on third. Instead of tagging first, 
instead of the second baseman covering first and him throwing it to the first baseman for a force out, instead of him running Javi Baez off the baseline, which he had every right to do just by continuously running at him. Or run him back home. Yep, that's what I mean. He could have run him out of the baseline. He could have run him through home plate. He would have been out instead of throwing the ball earlier to the catcher because you got plenty of time. I mean, the guy is literally coming 90 feet. Like you have any, and at any point you can throw it home too if that's where you go. Um, he didn't do any of those things. He threw to home too late. The guy was safe. And what is the craziest part? The nervous shovel pass. Yeah, the craziest the craziest part of that entire play to me, though, is that after the catcher's late on the tag, it still wouldn't count that run if he simply threw to first base and got Baez out. And Baez took enough time to signal that the guy at home is safe before he even started sprinting to first. So I say all that to say this. <laughs> Will Craig had four definitive options before that play even developed to make that out and literally did not have to really involve any one of those plays involved throwing to second base. He wasn't covering first three of those outcomes could have just been Will Craig and Javi Baez could have been a dragon. He could have done a dance. He could have done backflips and it would not have mattered what Javi Baez was doing. So I have maintained, and this did not go over well with many Cubs fans who for some reason, this is like their hill they're willing to die on is that we have to appreciate Javi Baez for his base running. But for me, I appreciated that Javi Baez did not quit and he tried to make something happen, but he was the absolute second most important player in that play. That was the Will Craig boner, as I've named it, and it'll forever be the Will Craig boner because Will Craig made that play. I slightly disagree. And I say that because Javi's excited. Javi is a lot of things. Yeah. He has a shit ton of baseball IQ. You watch him play. Yes, he's a he very smart player. Ton, yes. A ton of baseball. He is going to be a great manager one day if he wants to be. Put it like that. He's one of those kind of players. Mm -hmm. um, and you're right. That's a miscue more than anything else. But Javi had the wherewithal to try something to create a play. And that little thing just caused absolute chaos and havoc for a player who got flustered. He was a deer in headlights. He didn't know what the fuck to do. And like you said, he had so many ways he could have gotten out of that, and he he just froze. He was a deer in headlights. He got by the time he got to home plate, it was a shovel pass. It was a straight shovel pass to the catcher. The catcher was like, "What the fuck are you giving it to me for?" Like, yeah, yeah. This far, it was a boneheaded play. But I I, I will credit Javi for creating chaos just because of, of his play in itself. And, and you're right, Will Craig could have done a number of things. Someone could have, the, the dugout should have been yelling. The catcher should have been doing something. But none of that happens without Javi's wherewithal to just stop and notice that he's not on the base and just take his time and try to get that runner behind him going. So it, it's it, Javi starts the wheel on that whole thing. See, I get what you're saying, and I, I agree in that he is a very smart baseball player. If you were making a highlight reel, and this is from my standpoint, if I was making a highlight reel of Javi Baez and his baseball IQ, that wouldn't be on there. And the reason it wouldn't be on there is because that – is more about Will Craig's low baseball IQ. No. Like that to me is what it more, if Craig controlled that entire situation, all he had to do was run at Javi Baez. And You're I would- wrong. You're wrong. The reason I wouldn't be there is because Javi Baez's highlight reel is so fucking long. <laughs> There's other plays that are so much better than it. <laughs> Even if it was a, if it was a pickle, 
and Baez got out of it. I mean, he did technically, but if it was a pickle where you had to tag him out, that to me is like fantastic base running, unbelievable. He got was in the pickle so long, the run scored, and he was safe, and he got an extra base. That to me is a totally, totally different conversation, solely because he had no control over the situation in the sense that Will Craig just had to do what Will Craig had to do. That's the only reason that I, I see it more as Craig's problem, but it was a weird reaction from Cubs fans to me because this was like more than just that play. Like they got very, it was almost like, it was almost like Javi Baez was under attack. And I don't, I didn't interpret it that way. Like I didn't criticize Javi Baez for that play. He did everything he could. All I'm saying is that I'm criticizing Will Craig for the play more than I'm crediting Javi Baez, which in my mind is the fair take. It's two, I think it's twofold. There's two things here. Um, Cup fans are pretty passionate fans. You know, yeah. we, we have fun with them. We sit on them. We make fun of them. We, make, we can make fun of any fan base, but the Cubs fans are a very passionate bunch. They'll eat each other if you let them. It's funny to watch them just eat each other and you just grab a box yeah, of popcorn. There. How about now? You good? Yeah, I, I can hear you, but you're still frozen. There I, you are. I was saying that they're they're passionate, but they're funny. They'll eat each other alive if you let them. Um, yeah. But I think what they were going on is there were a few posts of guys that were probably trolling who were saying Javi had nothing to do with the play. You know, it's just so far gone the other way that they got to defend their guys. So I get it. Yeah. And it's like me. When you talk about any of the guys on Team Puerto Rico except Carlos Correa, <laughs> you know what you got to defend your guy no matter what yeah it seems overly emotional to me but lots of things seem overly emotional to me so that's not that surprising um so anyway so that that play honestly i mean it just aside from whoever you want to credit you'll probably never see that play for like another 50 to 100 years <laughs> i mean i don't think you're going to see that pl- play like that so ever I think I said this the last time we had a show on 61. Uh, I think it was the 27 outs, no hitter that had no extra base runner. Yeah. The Tim Kirchin thing that, you know, you can see, you can go to a baseball game and still watch something that will never happen or hasn't happened. And I don't think that's ever happened before. And I don't know if we all see it again. Yeah. You, it's one of those things that you can sit down and write all the possible outcomes and you will never think of them. Yeah, that was like a pleasant version of uh, the 2004 ALCS movie. <laughs> like you, put, put it like this. If you saw this play in a movie, you'd be pissed off because you think it wasn't realistic. Yeah, exactly. Like, There's no way that shit would happen in a major league game. And again, my first reaction if I saw that in a movie would not be wow, the base runners, like, saved the game. It would be, what a what an idiot the first baseman is. Like, you had the game in your hand and you just blew it yourself. Your first thought is, who the fuck wrote this? Your second <laughs> thought is, yeah. the Pirates are involved, so maybe. <laughs> right, yeah. Uh, I mean, that was worse than bad news, Bears. I don't think, I, I don't even know what to, I mean, that the baseball IQ there was so low. Like, that is a situation. There's so many situations, right, especially with men, they're like, I could do that. Like, I can get a hit off Randy Johnson in his prime if I knew a fastball was coming or, you know, if music was going to be taken from my life, I can get a hit in 100 attempts. This was a situation where I genuinely believe for myself and probably like 90% of men who have played baseball out there, 
you would have made the right decision in that case. Of course. You would have not done what Will Craig did. And that's sad. That's really sad. Then literally players wouldn't tell you what the right play is. Yeah. And it's not, this isn't even like a in the moment, like maybe I would have frozen up. That's not even a high pressure situation. All he had to do was tag bias or step up. Uh, and I, I, walked into an out. Like I said, I loved it because bias creates chaos, man. That yeah. baseball IQ was up there. There's hobbies, a lot of things, but an intelligent baseball player is one of them. I, like I said, I, I I have I very much enjoy watching him play. I just really wish um, he hit more. You you feel like the kind of player he is, you need more offense out of him. Right, more consistency too. I mean, but you can say that about so many players now at this point. You know what though? You have a you have enough of a sample size with Javi Bias to say that this is probably just who he is. Yeah, that's again again similar to how I feel about Aaron Judge, and for different reasons. That's not a guy. I want to give like 150 plus million dollars to. See, like Javi Baez, you look at him, he is who he is. You look at a guy like Francisco Lindor and you say it's just a bad start to a season. That's not who Frankie is. What Javi, yeah. I think you're just, you're in that realm where this is what he is. Yeah. To me, it, again, we, we go to the Cubs all the time. They're a very fascinating situation because they have a huge winter coming up. Um, there's a few teams being another one that you can say. Let's give them their flowers while we're talking about them. They've been oh talking. yeah. Let's, so this is what this has made the, the situation even more complicated. Um, look, total total credit to the Cubs. Total total credit to the Cubs. You can say whatever you want about their pitching staff. Whatever you thought they they traded Darvish in the offseason. Whatever you thought they were going to be this season through 55 games, they have been better. Uh, they're nine games over 500, which in any division is going to have them competitive. They're in first place, one nine out of 10. They're red hot. All of their guys who needed to be their guys have been their guys <laughs> this year. Every single one has stepped up to go back into their prime, and it's showing, and they're doing it. They've soft toss, Craig Kimball, whatever you thought was going to be their trap. They're, you know, the, the thing that was going to hold them back, it has not held them back so far. Can it change? It can with any team. But absolute 100% unfettered credit to the Cubs. They're playing great baseball right now. They're playing lights out ball 9-1. and one. They just swept the exciting San Diego Padres. Yep. And Cherry again, I'm, I'm going to go back to what I said. The manager makes a difference, man. I mean, you, you get a guy there who the fan base was excited about. The team was high about. He's a good character guy, and guys are playing for him. You look at the Cubs on paper; that they, they don't seem to be that good of a team, but they, they don't stop winning. They're fucking hot right now. You you yeah. you got to say, hey, they need another starting pitcher. Mel, Men, Melvin mentioned it. Maybe they go get Scherzer. You tell me they get Scherzer at the beginning of the season. I laugh at you now. You have to you have to just keep your foot on the on the gas and keep going. They're in first place. Uh, what four games up? No, uh, one game up. Sorry. They're yeah. one game up, positive 38 run differential, nine and one in their last 10. That's a fucking freight train right now. If I'm the Cubs, I'm doing everything in my power to keep that going. I know we we said you got to trade some of those pieces, but this it's going to be real tough to trade when you're in first place. The problem now is the Dodgers are thus far, again, are not the juggernaut we thought. A lot of that due to injury, but they're, they're not running away with the NL. The Padres 
just got swept by the Cubs. The Cubs, if anything, at this point in the season, have shown they can play with them. The Giants are just as fluky and unlikely as the Cubs are, and the Mets are extremely injury-prone and have a worse record than the Cubs do. So what was the, the expectation before the season was there's going to be at least three NL teams who, even if you win the NL Central, are way, way better than you. That's no longer true. It was that the Cubs probably aren't going to win the Central and probably aren't going to make the playoffs. That may no longer be true. Their biggest competition right now is the Cardinals, who just lost their best pitcher. So now that pathway for sustainability is there. And yeah, those are all the reasons you were going to trade Chris Bryant and get some prospects and boost up a bad farm system. And those are all the reasons you weren't going to bring back Anthony Rizzo because he's 31 years old or however old he is. But now you have to think about all of this stuff. What happens if the Cubs win the Central, Henry, and they win an NLDS round? I I would not pick them to go to the World Series, but what happens if they win a playoff round and win the division this year? Then what? It's weird, man. I mean, you 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 want to get value. You want to load up that system as much as you can, but it's it's like the Giants from last year. Do you sell some of your guys and load up and retool, or do you like go for it that season where things are quirky? And you know, this season is just as quirky as the 2020 season. <laughs> I I would say even more so. You look you look at this season and. You can't make a definitive statement about any team that's not the Pirates or the Orioles about and any team in this league. You take 2018, even the Mariners are hot right now. You, you yep. can't make a definitive statement about any team that's not the Pirates and the Orioles. Any team can do anything right now. These guys are bipolar. They're winning. They're losing. They go on hot streaks. They go on bad streaks. Guys you don't expect to be playing play great. I don't know what the fuck is going on in the 2021 season, but I love it because it's a bunch of unknowns. It, it's crazy. And to your point, let's go around the league real quick. The Royals have won seven out of 10 after they lost like 10 out of 11. The White Sox get swept by the Yankees. They've won seven out of 10 since. The Yankees sweep the White Sox and then get swept by the Tigers and lose five out of 10. Yeah, and now they're up 4-1 and they might take two out of three from the Rays who had won 15 out of 16 going into that series. So that, in a nutshell, just in the last two weeks, is a perfect example of what you're describing. No one knows what the hell they're doing right now. It's just, it's all over the place. And, and it's funny because we we are pretty, you and I are both pretty, pretty hard on the Yankees. Yeah. But you, you look around baseball and the same things we complained about in the Yankees, you can pinpoint a lot of those things with other teams. And it's just... For it's, different reasons, yeah. I, I mean, everyone got their problems. It's a really, really weird season, and I don't know if I'm enjoying it. I don't know if I'm confused. I don't know what I <laughs> I don't think I am. Yeah, I often wonder that, too. I'm like, okay, well, the Yankees look right now like they're going to be like an 85 to 90 win team. But on the other hand, that could compete for a division or wild card. So I don't know what to make out of that. Like, no one's good. <laughs> no one is is just this great team that you like love to watch. Everyone has had their struggles. Even the Angels are a hot streak away from being competitive in first place. Like, yeah, anything is possible in this league right now. I, I just, I don't know what's going to happen. Where's Joey Gallo going? Where's Scherzer going? I don't know, but there are eleven in the AL who are within six games of the of first place. Not even just the playoffs. First place. 11 teams in the AL, and in the NL, you have four, five, six, seven, eight 
eight, and then the Nationals are six and a half, and the Reds are seven. So you have 18 teams right now who are within six games of a divisional of a division lead. I mean, that's crazy. That's crazy. By now, parity. what's that? It's parity that everyone says the league doesn't have. Yeah, and I've, I've argued against it all my life. Parity is a terrible thing. I hope it never happens, and we're seeing it more and more as they change rules, and this is what you get. You get you don't get like four 100 win teams with parity and you have like the world's most epic postseason. You get this. You get probably three teams who struggle to win 90 games in the division. <laughs> and then you've got a bunch of other teams just as shitty to watch. I think this this season is more of a, a reaction to what happened last season. I think guys weren't ready the way they should have been ready. Um, their bodies haven't adjusted. There's just a lot of players that you know, you, you you take a lot of players right, who should have been good last year yeah. and they weren't good, and you can say, well, it was 2020 season, it was weird. Then you have guys that were really good who didn't show anything like Luke Voigt, and mm-hmm. you're like, okay, is this who he is? Right. And now you look at this season and guys like, I'll go back to Frankie, Frankie Lindor, who is not putting up the numbers he should be, and you know he's a superstar. Matt Chapman's another one. Mm-hmm. Now, there's a lot of guys that you say, Yo, this is the superstar, this is the superstar, and you look at their numbers and you're saying, what the hell is going on? I, I just think we're seeing the effects of that shortened and very weird 2020 season now. Yeah, I can see it. And the score updates real quick. The Yankees are up 4-1 on the Rays, so winner of that game takes that series. Clint Frazier, two-run single most recently. Uh, Gio Rochelle, a two-run home run as well. Orioles up 3-1 on the Twins. Speaking of weird teams, Twins, another one just got awful. Mm-hmm. Marlins up 4-1 on the Jays. Jazz Chisholm returns. It's a two-run home run. That's my Jazz. Yeah. National, National Braves tied at one in the third. Red Sox up one nothing early on the Astros in the first. Mets earlier today beat the Diamondbacks. And the James, James McCann heard us talking shit about him. He heard all yes, the fans talking shit. He drove him four runs today. And the uh, and the Cubs, as we mentioned, finished sweeping the Padres, and they, they swept the Padres in impressive fashion. There wasn't a lot of fluke there, so. Right, and uh, you have Aaron Judge at the plate with the bases loaded. I'm hoping for some magic right now. I would. It would be comfortable if the Yankees led eight one, like for once this entire season. Yeah. As, as Michael Feldstein said earlier, the one thing that's been constant this year is that the Yankees' offense has sucked. <laughs> so it, if you watch them, one possession away from taking the lead. Yeah. Yeah, I'm watching that too, and it just that's frustrating. And I needed I needed this offense and this this uh, hits and home runs yesterday while I was there, not today. Yeah. Oh, yeah. for the record, I went to the game two weeks ago. I went to a game two weeks ago. I went to a game yesterday. Mighty Quinn's Barbecue had a burnt ends sandwich, which I posted in the group. Absolutely amazing. Yesterday I tried. The crab fries, which are now at Yankee Stadium for the first time with the sliders. Amazing. So Yankee Stadium picking up their food game. Um, I wanted to say this in a COVID update. 50% of the fans that were in attendance weren't wearing masks. I think we're getting to that point where everyone is a little more comfortable. Um, yeah. So the... Um, the restrictions were you had to have negative COVID testing within six hours for rapid 72 for PCR test or your vaccine. The last two times I went to Yankee Stadium, I got my test. 
tested negative, went to the stadium. They did not check the results. So I don't know what's going on. Hmm. But you said if you are vaccinated, that's all you need. If you are vaccinated, I didn't see them checking vaccination cards. Oh, so that's what weirds me out in general. Like I went to Walmart without a mask yesterday, um, which honestly is, I felt a very white sentence. Yeah. I felt the least safe in Walmart of all places. I've been to a bar without a mask, a restaurant without a mask. I went to Walmart and I was like, oh, I don't know, but I'll give it a shot. Yeah. That um, would have scared me of all those places you mentioned. Walmart would scare me the most. Yeah. Like I, I don't know what diseases are, are walking around the halls there. So, um, I go there and yeah, I mean, it said if you're vaccinated, you don't have to wear a mask, but it was probably like you said, like a 50, 50 split, um, but no one checks. So I don't know. <laughs> what, I, what I'm, what I'm, what I'm witnessing here in New York is outdoors. Everyone seems more comfortable indoors. It looks like most people are wearing a mask. Yeah, so I agree. Building, and I think that's stores, smart. Yeah. Office building stores, those places, you know, um, they're not enforcing it as much, but I think people were just kind of doing the honor system. Like, yeah, I don't trust you guys. I'm wearing a mask, but outdoors there, it's kind of like a free fall. Right. That makes sense. Um, Aaron judge three, two, two out spaces loaded does not come through. Um, Melvin also brought up a point. I actually wanted to transition into first. I'll give Cedric Mullins, fantastic player for the Orioles. I look, I like some of those Orioles players. Yeah. Um, I, I've talked to uh, Noah, our resident Orioles fan, about it. Like, I infield needs work, but some of those outfielders are legit. Um, but he brings up, you know, the Cubs in this sweep didn't face Snell or Darvish. Totally fair point. I wanted to talk about the Padres. We know what's going on with the Dodgers. We've talked about the Yankees ad, ad nauseum. Um, we just talked about the Cubs. Padres have some injuries of their own, but the biggest problem that I'm a little concerned about is Fernando Tatis Jr. Because this guy just gets injured constantly. It's, I mean, it's bizarre. Are you worried? I mean, let's forget the 13 year deal for a second. Cause those, I can guarantee that's not going to end well. Like how could it possibly end well? We won't. We picked that deal apart when it happened. Yeah. But what about like short term? I mean, are you concerned at all? Or is he just a guy who has nagging injuries and he, it doesn't affect his performance? So I, care? I think the big injury he sustained early in the season, this is his body. I think this is his body just, you know, um, compensating in other areas. You know, maybe he's not conditioned properly. I just think this is his body's reaction to probably him trying too hard while, while still being injured. Um. I think he needs a break. Initially, I thought, oh, they brought him back a little soon. A lot of the guys were like, hey, a few players on our team has had the same injury. And, and it looks like they're right. You know, a lot of lingering going on, a lot of things here and there. Long term, I think he's going to be fine. Um, yeah. He's still young. He's still growing. Um, I, I just think you're, you're watching the effects of his initial injury, so. Yeah, that's a really good point, and I didn't even consider it, but you're probably right, because when he came back from that injury, I was like, there's no way. Like, he's he's not going to hit for power, and then he, like, was red hot, like, like apocalyptically hot when he came back, but now you're right. We may be seeing the lingering effects. I mean, he is young enough where he could probably push it um, from a still put up stats standpoint, but your body is your body. I mean, that was a, a pretty serious injury he's playing through and you may be seeing lingering effects elsewhere. Not to mention 
if you look at the one area that's been affected the most by his injuries, it's his defense. He's not getting to balls he should be getting to. He's putting himself in a bad body position, in a bad throwing position. So his footwork isn't what it should be. And I just think he's compensating to, to, for that injury. Yeah, fair. So, yeah, I mean, that, that'd be my concern if I am uh, a Padres fan over there. It, short-term and long-term, it's just, it's, it's concerning. You never want to see that consistently happen and it's happening. So, um, well, we got to our boon headed already. That was obviously the Javi Baez rundown on Will Craig's part. Well, he he called it the whole Pirates. Just the Pirates are just the boon yeah. this week. Because you're right, like the entire organization bears responsibility for producing a player that would do that at the major league level is an indictment on the entire organization. Really, the city of Pittsburgh. I'm going to blame the Steelers too while I'm at it. You know, this is Big Ben's fault. So, um, don't say that. They get sensitive. They get sensitive if Big Ben's name is mentioned. Oh my God. It was never proven. But I just mentioned it. Let's so one final thing here about the standings though. We had this little graphic Felipe posted earlier today, uh, projected playoff bracket according to baseballreference.com. And right now we've got the Rays. This is what they're projecting in the AL. The Rays are again gonna finish with the best record like they did last year. Let's show the graphic, Rob. Can you share that? Yeah, Rob, do you have the graphic? Yeah, I got the graphic. Just give me a second. Yeah, while we wait for Rod, I'll walk you through it and then we can see it. Uh, it's got Rays with the best record. They'd be, they'd be playing winner of Yankees A's, so a little round two there from 2018 uh, and in the wild card game, which as far as I know, and MLB tends to change the rules wherever they see fit. That is a one-game playoff this year, right? That's not any sort of three-game expanded series. It's one single-game okay. playoff. So well, that'd be one game. Single game to get into the playoffs kind of. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, so that's one game. Yankees would obviously win two to one because Cole's pitching. Um, and then you've got Astros and White Sox on the other end of the bracket. Winner of that would, you know, play winner of Rays, winner of Yankees A's in the ALCS. So yet again, an AL East clusterfuck if the Yankees won uh, and they don't do reseeding because MLB is stupid. So, well, I guess they wouldn't in this case, actually. But here you have it. So the Rays play the winner of Yankees and A's. Astros and White Sox play each other. On the NL side, we've got the Padres finishing with the best record. Dodgers would have, then have to play the Giants in what would be obviously a fantastic play-in game with that rivalry. And then the Braves and Cubs, and two of my least favorite teams playing each other yet yet again, I feel like. I feel like they played – yeah, they did, right? The Braves, like, beat the hell out of the Cubs, or was that – That was a different Cubs team. Yeah, either way. Uh, so what do you make of this? I, first of all, do you think it's accurate? Do you agree with this? I look at these teams and I don't see the Mets. And okay. I think, I think the Mets make the playoffs. I mean, they have to. I, I picked the, the Subway Series this year. Um, so, yeah, this is assuming the Braves are going to take over the division from the Mets. Um, those Mets injuries, Carrasco and, and Syndergaard, probably out still for a while. Um, you've got, you know, guys like McNeil, I think are working back Dom Smith, J JD Davis. I know had a setback on his own recovery. So Nimmo is hurt for whatever it's worth. Well, let, let's, let's have fun. Let, let's take this actual bracket all the way. Okay. Let's have some fun. So this one, the Yankees uh, beat the A's. Yeah. Know? I've got Yankees over. I wouldn't pick against Cole in yeah. any, I, I have the Yankees beating the Rays. Yeah. And I, 
hope, pray, wish, and do everything to Joe Boo that the White Sox beat the shit out of the Houston Astros. I would pick the Astros to win that series. I, I'm with you. I hope it doesn't work out that you're, way. You're but probably right, but I'm going to root for the White Sox. Yeah, I'm going yeah. to be like Dr. Dre with my White Sox cap. I'm, I'm, I'm going to Lids and I'm getting a cap just for the series. Then uh, I think that I, I just don't see the Yankees beating the Rays because the Rays have had their number for 67 yeah, straight no. years. So I think the Rays beat the Yankees to advance. Yankees could win four out of six today, uh, but I agree with you. I, I don't think the Yankees are just as I, I look. That offense is bad, and this is the dirty little secret with the Yankees that no one wants to talk about. They're not going to reset. I mean, they're going to reset that cap. They yeah. wouldn't have had the offseason they did otherwise. So the Yankees don't have a whole hell of a lot of money or assets to spend at the deadline. So what you see is what you get for the most part. They're going to get Britton and O'Day back. Maybe they get Luke Voigt and he's not a zombie. But so they're not really going to upgrade much. They could do something like, like if let's say they shoot for Scherzer, which I don't think they will. But let's say they shoot for Scherzer. They say, we can't shore up the offense. Let's shore up the, the pitching. And they get served, and that, that's about what a nine million dollar prorated number. That would, yeah, and that would already be too much. You're talking about potentially five million over than what we can afford. I can see the Yankees sending money back somehow, or them basically sending a higher prospect for Washington to eat up some of that wonderful, you know, deferred money. I, I could see the Yankees trying to make it work that way by basically selling a, a minor league. I think it's way more realistic they're going to go and try and trade for like a Joey Gallo because they don't know how to evaluate offenses. I'll take a Tom Martinez. Eh, I would too. Uh, and then they might go try and grab like a journeyman reliever because I don't I don't actually know if they're going to need pitching reinforcements. They won't. Like Severino they won't need them. Bullpen. They won't. Maybe starting pitching. Yeah. I don't want uh, Jamison Tyong anywhere near playoff roster. The, yeah, so to your point, they can't really add, in my mind, a number two starter behind Cole, and that would be the only way you can improve their pitching. Because <laughs> their pitching's really good. They have the depth. They have we're, the ball. We're going to get the Brian Cashman fifth year in a row trade yeah. deadline acquisition. The guy coming off of injury is going to be our acquisition, which could probably be Severino. Correct. Exactly. Severino's going to be the big pitching guy. They're going to hope can be a number two starter. And then you're going to piece it together with Kluber and Herman and, and everyone else. Let, let's um, finish this bracket, though. Yeah. So I've got, so, yeah, I, I, you have White Sox Rays. I have Rays Astros. Uh, I would actually pick the Rays again to go to the World Series. Oh, would I? Okay. Um, on the and other this side. Is based uh, on how things are right now and how this bracket is projected. Right. Other side, I've got Dodgers over the Giants. I, can't think of any way the Giants would win that game in a vacuum. Um, and then I've got the. See, I this will get tricky. I would pick the Cubs. The, the Atlanta chokes too much. Will, but now, see, I was comfortable with that theory last year, but now I don't know which round Atlanta chokes. I know they're going to choke. I just don't know when. So here's I mean, my. I would, go, I would go with the Cubs in that matchup. I think I would go with the Braves and only for this reason. And you can't accuse me of hate Cubs fans because I talk even more shit about the Braves and the Cubs. Um, if the Braves are going to win the NL East, they're going to be playing pretty good baseball, presumably. 
So in my mind, if they figure out, I mean, they have no pitching right now that's healthy. Uh, and which is nothing, I, we said all of this with Freed and Anderson. I mean, they ran those guys into the ground to lose the NLCS last year. I'm going to pick them in that series just because I, I I think they have to be playing pretty good. And that offense is better. Um, Cubs offense better than I thought. Braves offense better than the Cubs. So probably going the full five. I'll take the Braves there. And then I'm going to take the Dodgers over the Padres because I think that they'll probably be helping. I'll take the Dodgers over the Padres. Rob, you writing these down? I am. Yeah, write the date too, so we know. So uh, again, based on this bracket, so basically we both have the same World Series rematch, just get there different ways. Yeah, I, I would. Based on these teams, I would still have Dodgers race, yeah. uh, and it kind of goes into what we talked about earlier. No team has proven that they're really, really good, and thus. The teams who are the favorites, I still consider the favorites because no one's proven that they're not. You know what's funny? You look at this right now and the way everyone is playing right now, I can see any one of these teams winning the World Series, the way they're playing right now. I agree. I agree. The San Francisco Giants, we don't talk about them much. They have won every single possible way you can win a game if you watch that team night in and night out, which sadly I do for various reasons. Going back to last season too, by the way. What'd you say? Going back to last season as well. Yeah, they are. It's remarkable. I mean, their pitching is remarkable for the guys on that roster. And their hitting is very much next. Their hitting is basically the early 2019 Yankees. There's not a lot of name value. The guys who are there are old veterans. Longoria is having a great year. He's day to day now. Uh, every single guy who gets injured on that team, the next guy has a week where they hit 350. It's like the weirdest thing. Don't forget, they have every Yankee fan's favorite, Mike Talkman, on the team. Well, he's the reason that they're winning these games is just by being there. <laughs> is, 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 he is the Ronald Torres of the San Francisco Giants. Is, I, uh, I, I think I'm the only Yankee fan who's fucking logical enough to laugh that Mike Talkman is getting all this. I wish we had him on the Yankees bullshit. And I get it. It's the fact that we spent the money on Gardner. There was a graphic earlier today that really brought that entire point home for me, which was Brian Cashman traded Adam Adovino for $11 million. And he turned it into Brett Gardner. Justin um, Wilson. What'd you say? Justin Wilson. Yeah, Justin Wilson and Darren O'Day. And all three of them are either hurt or terrible. Yeah, I saw that. He wasted all three of those acquisitions so far. Darren O'Day, maybe there's still hope. But Brent Gardner is Brent Gardner is a negative war player. He's a singles hitter who's hitting under 200, and he has he's a detriment to the team. It's not even like he's a good bench player. He's just a detriment to the team. And I think that's really it doesn't it doesn't matter if you hate Brett Gardner what Mike Talkman's doing because he's not Brett Gardner and he costs a fraction of the price. Probably that's really yeah um but i tell you what rob you can stop sharing yeah. um brett gardner can make it up with one big postseason home run that's all it takes yeah i i am zero zero percent confidence that's going to happen um first of all we would need a big put like geo and the grand slam against the indians is the only major home run. and the dj LeMahieu won they lost but he tied the game against the astros those are the only two like major moments I can think of where the Yankees came through in a big spot in the playoffs with this with this regime and this core. 
Uh, for Brett Gardner to be that guy, the king of the five-pitch strikeout, I'll believe it when I see it. Give me one postseason home run and I'm, and I'm vindicated. Yeah, yeah. One uh, big that, one. That's the D.D. Gregorius strategy. He has one big moment. It makes up for going like one for 34 the rest of the postseason. All I need is one, and then he can retire. I do, I, I do want Gardy to get a day. He's one of those players that, you know what, he had a great career. Like, if you, if you are not a superstar – and you are a guy you like whose career can I have? I'd want a guy like Brett Gardner. You play for a historic mm-hmm. franchise, you have a World Series, you played along greats, you're a fan favorite. That's like the perfect career for a non-superstar Hall of Fame type guy. Yeah, I agree. It's the perfect, it's actually the perfect career because he is recognized locally. See, he doesn't like have to be a superstar. Um he has his whole career in one place, and and that's it. The only problem with Brett Gardner is he has to retire. That, that's it. He's playing past where he should be. He's got to go. Yeah. So, I, I, you know, let, let's shift things a little. I know we did choose our Boonheaded, and, and I was going to go another direction with Boonheaded, but I just – this guy was – it's such so egregious that even Boonheaded is not good enough for him. Marcelo Suna. Oh, yeah. And you have this domestic violence incident. And the arrest itself was caught on camera, which is it's crazy. You never really see it. You hear about it all the time, you know, guys getting busted. But this was on camera. Yeah. His wife was uh, alleged that he was going to threaten him. Uh, she, he threatened to kill her over some infidelity. It, it's not a good look for him. He signed a deal that was a brutal, brutal deal in the offseason. He didn't maximize values, not having a good season. It's it's a terrible, terrible year for Marcelo Suna. You're not going to see him again for the rest of the season. There's no way I can see that. Yeah, I tried to think about that, play the precedent game, right? And Domingo Herman is probably the best example. We don't actually know what Domingo Herman did. We know that Marcelo is in a very likely choked his wife to some sort of degree. Um, but we know whatever Herman did was bad <laughs> because of the way he was punished. And and whatnot. And Herman, if I recall now, it's been a little bit, was out nine regular season games in 2019, plus nine playoff games. That was 18, plus the entire 2020 season. And the postseason. And the yeah. So I think that came out to about 80 games. Um, now obviously you can argue how many games the 2020 season should have been worth, but it was 80 actual games about Ozuna's gonna miss at least that. Um, first time offender as far as I know, but he's going to miss at least 80. And I, I would, wouldn't shock me if it was over 100. I don't know the details of his contract if they're like out for stupid shit like this. You yeah. know, a, a dickhead or a boonheaded clause, as we can call it. Yeah. Um, I could see a situation where they just want to get out of this money and try to dump him. Yeah, the old Pablo Sandoval, um, another Braves player. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I'll be curious to see how it plays out. I'm with you in that even if his suspension doesn't run the course of the season, which it would have to be under 100 games pretty much at this point for that to be possible by the time they issue the suspension, um, I the Braves won't bring him back. Uh, they're not going to bring him back the last like week of the season to play in the playoffs. It is. It's a look. I also want to see if I also want to see if they're obtuse enough to allow retroactive games because he's currently injured also yeah you they wonder really foolish to say okay we're gonna let that count you know 
You wonder too, as much as I hate to say it, is this something that gets talked about in the next CBA, which expires at the end of this year? Is this something you have to talk about? Is it the first, is this something owners are going to want in a concession, a form of a non-guaranteed contract? You can get out of a guaranteed contract. It's, if hard. It, it's hard because, you know, Melvin brings up in the, in the, in the comments, if you commit a felony, the contract is void. The problem is the guys that you've seen punished by this new policy have never had a day in court. They've never been prosecuted. So right. I don't think you can, legal, yeah. yeah, I don't think you can have language in the contract that says allegations equals guilt, basically. You know, um, you commit an actual crime, yeah, but if none of these guys, you know, unfortunately in a lot of these cases, you know, the spouses don't, you know, press charges and they don't want to proceed, you know? I was going to say, that, that's the unfortunate thing about, you know, domestic crimes and, and sexual related, sexual violent crimes is that the charges don't get pressed. So even if you know they did it, Ray Rice, for example, Ray Rice never went to jail. They had him on tape. Yeah, that shit on video. Right. So if you can't bring the legal part of it into this because there's not going to be a legal part of it. It has to be some sort of character clause, which is such a gray area and slippery slope. I would not uh, be with that. But they okay. did it by the only thing I'll say is they did it for steroids. Right. The problem with that is that unless you get suspended whatever three times and you're out for life, it's tied to an actual yeah. field test. Right. So you can't void the contract. You may so, just be able to pay them. Here's why I don't think you can open Pandora's box. Because George Steinbrenner was a shady motherfucker. We all know yeah. what George Steinbrenner did back in the days. Imagine if George Steinbrenner had an out clause on some of these kinds. I could see an owner being grimy enough to pay somebody to say, hey, accuse this guy of this. As crazy as that sounds, I can see it. A contract. Uh, you imagine Bob Nutting lowering the pirate's payroll from 20 million to 18 million through this so he can save a couple of million. Yeah. A, a guy so crappy. These owners suck so much that I can see that. Yeah, let's get out of this this massive contract that you know, two hundred million dollar plus contract by saying this guy. Did, I could I could see it. So I I, I wouldn't trust a, a clause like. That. Yeah, Ricky pointing out the Braves said that they won't cancel the contract only if MLB steps in, which obviously they won't. So because uh, they're, they're already getting a discount. So. Yeah. Um, so anyway, that, that, that is, uh, yeah, just totally unfortunate, uh, all around just, it, it's bad. That's another thing, by the way, if we're talking strictly about the team, another thing the Braves have to deal with. So kind of brings back to this original point. You obviously believe the Mets are going to win the division. So you believe the Mets are now going to be in the playoffs in that three seed. Is it, were there any other changes there? At this point, I'm all in on the Cubs winning the division solely because that Flaherty injury is going to hurt the Cardinals. They weren't very good to begin with. We all knew that. And I trust the Cubs with a three-game spot over the Brewers. If the Cubs are going to play this way with their good players, they're probably winning that division. The Brewers are weird. The Brewers are a team that always come out of nowhere. Um, yeah. now, even now, they're 7-3 and three in their last 10. They can make it interesting. They're still within striking distance. A, a team like Milwaukee – We've said it before, that whole division is just boring, and I can see Milwaukee coming out of nowhere to win that division still. Yeah. I, one thing we do know is that Larry is absolutely wrong. The Reds have no chance of winning. Oh, yeah, that's not. Yeah, that is terrible. Um, terrible. Other teams that can make the playoffs, 
I guess if Boston stick around long enough. Um, this is another thing I have to remind myself, and I don't know if you've gone through this too. Because of the 2020 season, my perspective is all off, right? Because 2020, like all those games, counted way more. It's just a 60 game season. You have to go back now and remember with 162 game season, there can be a team like the A's that one year who were amazing through 80 or 90 or 100 games, and they completely fall off the face of the earth those last 60 or 70 games, and they could miss the playoffs, they can choke the division away. Like this is a really long season, and it seems even longer to me now because of last year that I can look at a team again. Well, the Giants are a good example right now. I can't see a scenario the Giants aren't going to get a wild card. Like, I just can't. They're playing so well. They're 13 games over 500. They have the Rockies and Diamondbacks in their division, maybe the two worst teams in the NL. But they also have the Padres and the Dodgers in their division in first place split up by three games. But that's my point is I have to remind myself, no matter how good the Giants look, their pitching staff looks unhittable right now. They're doing enough with offense they very well could still lose like 86 games. <laughs> and the Dodgers are deep. The Dodgers, the Dodgers are due for a hot streak. They're going to get super hot. They're going to get healthy. The Padres, you know, they're, they're exciting. I, I don't, I can't see the Giants finishing ahead of both those two teams. No, I, I, that's what I mean. I think the Giants, though, it would be hard for me to picture the Giants not coming in third and not still getting the second wild card is what I'm saying. Like, it's hard for me to think, I don't think anyone in the NL Central is going to win a wild card. And it's hard for me to think that both the Braves and Mets will make the playoffs. I don't I think, think the Braves and the Mets make the playoffs. That's where I'm going. Okay. So you, that's what you have. The Braves as a wild card yeah. and, the, and the Padres. I have, two, yeah, I have two NL East teams making. What do you have in the AL? Because the AL is way more interesting to me because there's a lot of different moving parts. I actually for- Projected the Rays to miss the playoffs. I don't think that's going to happen now. So I'm going to go with the Rays and the Yankees. Okay. The well, White, that's what I had in the AL East anyway. Yeah, the White Sox and the A's. Okay. I still, yeah, for some reason, I guess because the Astros have cut it to half a game, people still, they're like way back on the, the Astros will win the West. I still don't think that's true. I think the A's are going to win the West. I said that we both said that in the, in the before the season started, I stick by that. Uh, I did pick the Astros to make the playoffs, and I will stick by that as well. I think that'll happen. Actually, I'm sitting very pretty in the AL. Not so much the NL, but in the AL, I'm sitting pretty. The only thing I'm wrong about and will definitely be wrong about is the AL Central because at this point, I don't think the Twins have a chance to win the AL Central. I don't remember who I chose. I think, and Rob, you may know this better, I thought we both, I thought we all chose the Twins to win the Central. Possibly. Yep. And I think where we were, where there was disagreement was whether the White Sox would make the playoffs. If I told you that on June 2nd, the Twins would be worse than the Tigers, what would you have said at the beginning of the season? No way. There's no way you could have told me the Twins would be 10 and a half games out of the NL, out of the AL Central. Like, imagine if that was, the, if it was the AL East, they would be, it would be so much worse. They'd be 12 games out, but still they'd have a much a much long, a much higher mountain to climb, just based on the teams ahead of them. But imagine, I if, I, imagine if I told you the Tigers, the Royals, the Mariners, the Angels, the Marlins, the Nationals, 
the Reds would all have better records than the Twins. You thought I was nuts. Absolutely. Absolutely. And by the way, the Orioles, 18 and 37, are four and six against the Yankees. <laughs> like, again, another example, just no one pulls away from anyone. But yeah, I mean, the Twins are probably the most surprising team in the entire Major League Baseball, I think, in terms of how bad they are. I, and there's no sign of that changing. Um, so, yeah, I, I w- I'm definitely going to be wrong about either the White Sox or Indians, doesn't matter. I think if I recall, I had Yankees winning the East, Rays making the wild card, Astros making the other wild card, and the Twins winning the Central. So I'm going to take an L in the Central. Uh, I'm looking good still in my mind for the AL East. The Jays are playing about what I thought. You know, they're a little bit above 500. They're inconsistent themselves. Their pitching is better than I thought, but their offense is worse. So speaking of inconsistent, every time I look at the screen, the Knicks are down by three. It's like they're teasing. Yeah, it's amazing. And the um, the Red Sox are, are starting better. The Red Sox, again, to me, they're kind of like the Giants. I have to remind myself it's a 162-game season. Yeah. And not because I want them to do poorly, because they do. But you have to remind yourself a team, just because in April they're scoring six runs a game and their pitching staff's doing really well, does not mean July, August, and September they're going to do it. And it could be like it. They could be like that. They could come out of the All Star break and just be terrible. I'm picking on the Red Sox because they have like a definitive flaw to me that can't be corrected. They're not finding enough pitching to compete, even if they're buyers. Yeah, that's true. I mean, with the Cleveland's pitching, with the, I mean, it's keeping them around, but it's not as dominant as I thought it would be. Yeah, uh, Cleveland and Boston to me are the teams who will stick around all season, and I think ultimately come up short. Uh, White Sox, I think, will win that division even with the injuries. And Yankees and Rays, I think, will end up on the East. Which, by the way, it doesn't even thrill me. I'm not that excited if the Yankees make the playoffs because it means probably another year of Aaron Boone and being mediocre again. It'd be three years in a row if they do it next year. So I don't want this to seem like I'm being biased and just choosing the Yankees. Going back to the White Sox, um, Eloy and, and Jorge are both out for the whole season, right? Yeah. Um, Eloy, maybe not. I think he could come back in like August or September. It'd be interesting. Yeah, it could be. So, an offensive juggernaut. Yeah, we'll give you one more score update. Then I think we're getting 4 2 Yankees over the Rays now. Rays getting a run on a Yandi Diaz sack fly. Orioles still up 3 1 in the seventh on the Twins. The Marlins 4 2 now over the Blue Jays. Uh, Randall Bridget home run will make Brett more happy. Nationals up 3 1 on the Braves in the fifth. And the Red Sox are now tied with the Astros at one game tied on a Yuli Goriel uh, sack fly. So, that's yeah, exactly. Oh, Yuli, just dodging the media narratives. Um, anyway, oh, so Ricky's saying that they'll both be back in September. White Sox are a team to watch. You know, I think they're going to win the Central just on account of I don't like any of the other teams in it. And their offense is, you know, they're still playing well, the team as a whole. But they could get scary towards the end. And and if we look at that graphic in August, September, it may be different as far as how far I think the White Sox will go. But for now, um, the, the Astros are a tough out. They will they're a tough out with that core. They know how to play in the playoffs. The pitchers seem to piece it together. Um, mm. that's a tough out. Yeah. So we'll see. Anyway. It's gonna do it for us here on Dong City. I uh, I like this. What do you think? Wednesday 8 p.m. 
I like it. Let's see if the masses respond to it. Uh, tell me what you guys think about the new day, new time slot. Um, you know, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, let us know. I think we saw some faces we haven't seen in a while, so that probably helped on their end. Um, yeah, let us know what you think of the time slot. We will be back uh, next Wednesday. I'll have to talk about that. I may not be here next Wednesday, but uh, we will be back here regardless. Next Wednesday, 8 p.m. Eastern time on Dong City. Catch the oh man, see now I'm in a whole different time slot. Uh, you got work shoot tomorrow, Thursdays, 8 p.m. Total bases on Sunday mornings. And then you have the audible on Tuesdays and step back basketball is when you want to tune in. Uh, and of course, I'm not going to be able to Thursday, no, Fridays, Fridays, right? Fridays. That's right. Fridays, tune in and step back. They, yeah, well, I'm not going to spoil anything for them either. Step backs on Fridays, definitely tune in with the playoffs on right now. Don't forget the Audible on Tuesday. Yeah, Audible's on, on Tuesday. We got to get a script now. Since we're like in the middle of the week, we got to go back. I have to rewrite everything down now. Yeah. So anyway, um, that'll do it for us on Donk City. Thank you for joining us. We'll be back, like I said, next Wednesday, 8 p.m. This has been Donk City. Everyone have a great night. Donk City, bitches. <laughs>